All right, so we are in week three of this series called Great Expectations. And this Great Expectations series is something that I'm really, really excited about because I am encouraging you, as I'm encouraging myself, that we need to walk in great expectations of what God can do. God wants to do amazing things through you. God wants to do amazing things through our church and our community. And yes, it involves every single one of you. And so he wants to do great things. And so if we walk in that great expectation of God doing great things, then we're going to anticipate the, the next move of God. We're going to walk and wonder, what is God going to do next? Because we know he is up to something good. And so as we live in that expectation, our main passage of scripture is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, now to him who is able to, to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is in a work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. And so that is our key verse as we wait in expectations for God to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. In our first week, we talked about a faith that amazes. There was a centurion, a Roman centurion, who amazed Jesus, the Bible says that, and he amazed Jesus by his faith. And he believed in the authority of Jesus. But not only did he um, believe in the authority of Jesus, this centurion approached this with humility as he asked Jesus to heal his servant, and he didn't even have to go home to do it. He just said, Jesus, speak the word, and I believe you have authority. Such amazing faith. We, in order to live with great expectations, we want to have a faith that amazes God. And so I want our church, Lake Point Church, not to be known by just all the things that we do, but I want our church to be known by our faith. And so as we approach this monumental task, we're gonna approach it with humility and expectations. Last week, we talked about how a faith that surprises. Jesus was actually caught by surprise as a woman who was bleeding for 12 years came behind him in secret as a large crowd was gathered around him. Many people touching Jesus, but this woman touched him with a purpose. In fact, she didn't even need to touch his body. She just touched the outer garment, and she believed, if I could just touch his outer garment, then I will be healed. And because of that, he realized power came from him, and he was surprised by her faith. And so her faith was, was characterized by it was an aggressive faith. She had to push people out of the way to get to Jesus. It was a faith that disrupted Jesus. Jesus did not scorn her for disrupting her, disrupting his, um, his uh, path on the way to uh, another house to heal a young girl, but he walked and he turned around and he asked, who is a lady or who is a person that touched me? And so it was a disruptive faith and it was a faith that this woman announced. Whenever he asked, this woman stood up and she said, yes, it was me who did this. And so as we walk in this journey, as we walk towards um, a, a future uh, location for Lake Point Church, we're gonna walk in a faith uh, that that is uh, aggressive and, is, uh, and it could be even disruptive to what uh, other people might be thinking that a church will do. Like, for instance, 
You know, us building a, a community park, what church builds a community park? There's not many churches that do that. In fact, that's one of the first things we will do. And so it may cause people to question and wonder why. And that's okay, because we're doing what God has called us uh, to do. And uh, so today, I'm going to talk about um, a faith that, um, that delivers, a faith that delivers. As we, um, as we have looked at a faith that amazes and a faith that surprises, we have to realize that our faith is not something that just we believe in, but that we deliver. We deliver. If you notice about the, the, the two examples of the centurion and the woman, there wasn't a whole lot of action involved in that. It was more of just belief by, by faith, by Jesus talking, or by just her touching an outer garment. It wasn't Jesus turning and, and uh, intentionally healing someone by touching them. And so this example today is a faith that delivers, that delivers um, a belief in what Jesus can do, in what God can do. And so what God is calling us to do as a church and individually, God wants us to deliver our faith, to take what we believe and bring it to Jesus. Not just believe in what God can do, but put feet to our belief. It needs to be faith with action. As it states in James chapter two, verse 26, it says, as a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith without works is dead. So our faith is lifeless and paralyzed without action. If we don't do something with our belief, then our faith is, is paralyzed. So what does faith look like uh, once it's uh, before, you know, before it receives life. What does faith look like that is, that is paralyzed? Well, let me give you an example that's found in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And that is going to be our main passage of Scripture for today. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And it's all about how Jesus heals and even forgives a paralyzed Man. So Mark chapter 2, verse 1. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lower the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I will tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now, I believe that God's going to speak to 
Some people are here today because I'm, we're going to talk about what God wants to do as a church, but I believe that there are people here today that you're going to, God's going to speak to you because I'm going to bring this home right where you live. So before we dive into this, I'm going to ask us to go in prayer for God to move and God to speak. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this word is powerful. And we pray, Father, that as we discuss this and as we talk about this, Lord, that your spirit would move in a mighty way in the hearts of people here today. For those who are listening online and watching this video, we pray, Father, that you, you speak to their hearts as well. You help us, Lord Jesus, to understand where you want us to be and how we can walk with a faith that delivers. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So what can we learn from these guys um, about this faith that delivers. Number one, they confirmed the need. They confirmed the need. These men confirmed that there was a need. There was a man who needed Jesus, but could not get there because he was paralyzed. If they were ever going to show a faith that delivers, then they would have to confirm the need. And that makes a lot of sense. If you're gonna deliver on something, you gotta understand, okay, there is a need here. Okay, And so this man's paralyzed condition resembles the paralyzed condition evident in our community, right here in Emerson, Bartow County, and beyond. The shame that people live through because of past choices paralyzes them from coming to church. They don't think they are good enough, so they stay away. Let me, let me tell you something. You're never going to be good enough to come to church. I'm not good enough to be here. We are all sinful people, okay? And because of that, we're, we're not good enough to stand before the presence of God who is here in this place. But because of the blood of Christ and because God sees us through the sacrifice of his son, we can come before him, before a holy God. And so people think that they have to be good enough to even come here. It's like having to go wash your car before you take it to the car wash. It makes no sense. So, uh, so they're paralyzed uh, by their shame. Uh, another need uh, as a church that we experience is that accepting families who have committed to travel sports here on the tournaments on the weekends here at, in Emerson at Lake Point Sports. We are Lake Point Church. We uh, our main focus is Emerson and Lake Point Sporting Community. And so we have families that come in, who, uh, especially during the summer, who um, participate in our services. And because of that, we, um, that is in need for people, people who are out of town. And they need to have a place to come to church. So that is a need that we are identifying. Now, let's bring it home to you. What is paralyzing in your life right now? What is at a standstill, not moving, and lying with no purpose? Whatever it is, you need to name it. You need to confirm that this need in your life exists. In order for life to be brought back into those immovable areas, it's time for you to stop resisting. It's time to listen to those around you and to trust the people in your life who are trying to bring new life through Christ. Do not resist. Do not delay. So the men, they, they identified the need. They confirmed the need. The second thing they did, they, they contributed um, to the solution. 
contribute to the solution. After uh, the men uh, realized the need of a paralyzed man, they didn't do this individually. They didn't, they didn't individually say, well, I'm just going to go get this man because it would have taken more than one to take this man. This man was lying on, the, on a mat, paralyzed, and it took four of them, each holding one corner of the mat, and they brought this man. So they collectively di- did this together. They didn't do it alone. They contributed to the solution. The needs in our community will not be met unless we all work together. We want people to feel like this is their church home, a place where they can find hope, that they could come just as they are, no matter what they've done in the past. We want out-of-town guests at Lake Point Sports to come and hear the gospel. And the best way we feel as a church that we can minister to our full intent is for Lake Point Church to have a permanent location right off Red Top Mountain Road and 4th Street. That is why God has spoken to us about this land and about this property. And just like the four men who collectively contributed to, to the solution, God wants us to collectively contribute the funds for the future site of Lake Point Church. And that is why we are in our one campaign right in the middle of it. That is why on February 18th, in two weeks, we're asking people to submit a pledge. We are asking people to walk with God with us together. A couple of weeks ago, we passed out a devotional that as a church, we can walk through. If you didn't get one, we have some at Connection Point. And so with this devotional, we're, we're uh, coming before the Lord and, and seeking God, in asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want us to give that is above and beyond our tithes and our regular giving? Yes, it is a sacrifice, but I'm asking as your pastor, we all need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have us give? So in two weeks, when we have our five-year anniversary, we are going to have everyone in um, part of our church, and though even those guests if they, uh, guests want to give a, a one-time gift or just commit to pray for us, we don't have any expectation for, for people to give that are, that are just there visiting, your friends and your family that you invite. They could just turn a commitment card saying, I'm just going to pray for this church. God is doing amazing things, and they're going to have an opportunity to do that. You're going to have an opportunity to give a, a one-time gift and to give or to give a pledge And what that is, it's a three-year pledge. I'm asking you to consider what will you give over a three-year period? What does that look like? What number is God telling you? And I would say, don't start with your budget, but start on your knees. Don't start looking at the computer. Start on your knees and seek the Lord. Lord, what would you have me to give? And ask the Lord to reveal that to you. And understand this. Everybody will contribute their, their own weight. Everyone will contribute what they are able to give and what God gives in their heart to give. I'm sure those four guys who were caring, I'm sure you know, there was probably one or two of them here a little bit stronger than the, other, than the other ones. And they probably held up more of that weight of that paralyzed man, but it still took all four of them. So don't think that your gift is whatever small or how large it doesn't matter. What matters is that you hear from the Lord and that God will move in your heart 
and that you turn in your three, your pledges. So I ask you, pray and seek the Lord, especially these couple of weeks. So what does this look like for you when it comes to, to, to contributing to the solution? Outside of this one campaign in the land, let's bring it home to you, to your heart and to your life. It takes more than, conf- than confirming your need. It takes more than you realizing, you know, Frank, I've got a paralyzed area in my life. I'm a little bit paralyzed in, in, in certain areas of my life, maybe in my finances, in, in, my, uh, in my relationships, and maybe in my, even in my spiritual walk. I'm a little bit paralyzed by that. It's one thing to identify your need. It's another thing to contribute to the solution, to contribute to the solution, basically to do your part, to say, God, I know I have a part in this area of my life that, that, I, need to, that, that I need to do. So whatever area this is, you need to seek the Lord. Lord, how am I to contribute to this? What am I supposed to do? Let me give you some, some examples. For instance, in your finances, if your finances are, are paralyzed, do you feel like your money has no purpose or no energy? Just like the man in this passage who was designed to walk and have life and energy but couldn't, your money is given to you to bring life and energy, the only way to do that is to give with purpose, is to give your uh, your finances a purpose. We all know that we live with greater purpose and greater joy when we connect our lives with something that is greater and something that really matters. If your finances are, are lifeless and paralyzed, then deliver them to Jesus, just like those, those four men. This paralyzed man was lifeless. They took him and they brought him to Jesus. When we have air in our finances that are, that are just lifeless and just without purpose and they're just stagnant, we need to bring that to Jesus. We need to say, Jesus, all I have is yours. And, and, and as a token of my trust, I'm just giving you just this tithe and whatever that tithe is, to you, and Lord, I'm giving this extra above and beyond, you know, to, as, we, as we're called to go out into the land and to eventually build something for the community and for your glory. What can you do to bring life to your finances? You can bring it to the Lord, and then you will have life. Your finances will have more life rather than being paralyzed by debt and selfish spending. What about relationships? You know, sometimes relationships can can be paralyzed by bitterness, jealousy, or even anger. Do you have any of those in your heart with anybody in your life? Bitterness, jealousy, or anger? You need to bring those to Jesus and contribute to the solution by taking the first step of reconciliation. Taking that first step, that is how you collectively contribute. You know who those people are. They could even be living in your own home. Just like the paralysis affected the emotional and mental part of that man's life. Imagine sitting there lifeless day after day. He couldn't move. He still had emotions and he still had a mind. And imagine what that did to that man. Imagine what it did to his emotions and to his, and to his heart and to his mind. So just like that, our relationships that are paralyzed what is it, how is it affecting other parts 
of your life. How is it affecting your life? Those relationships that are paralyzed. What is your part? A third example is paralysis of the spiritual life. Paralysis of the spiritual life. Maybe your spiritual life is paralyzed by doubt in what God and who, who God is or paralyzed by a schedule that has your relationship with God at a standstill. Maybe your schedule is at a place where you're just like, man, Frank, I, me and God, we're just not really close right now because of my schedule. You can contribute to the solution by asking others to join you on a journey of spiritual growth. I don't know about you, but journeys are boring when you're walking by yourself. When you're walking by yourself, it's kind of boring. It's more exciting and more fulfilling to go on a journey, to go on a walk with someone else. And so as you walk with someone else, as you're on your spiritual journey, invite people to join you. Invite your spouse to join you on a, on a journey, whether it be a, a devotional time together or prayer time together. Invite your family to go on a journey. We have a great resource at Lake Point Church, like many churches. It's a resource called Right Now Media. We have the ability to provide that for you free of charge. And it is a huge resource to where you as a family or you as an individual or couple can sit down and, and, and pick out some topics. And there are some great, awesome, instructional, uh, very high quality videos, some short and even some longer, that would help you to grow in your faith and do that together. Our family has done that in the past before. We'd sit down, we'd watch a, a series once a week. We'd sit down for a few weeks and, and watch it and discuss it as a family. So that is something that we provide for you. If you want to get plugged into Right Now Media and you don't have a login, go to Connection Point. We'll get your name down and we'll make sure to send you that login. But there's lots of things that you can do. But how can you contribute? Don't try to do it on your own. If you're paralyzed in a spiritual life, you're going to remain paralyzed if you try to do it on your own. You want to ask others to, to help you, to walk with you on your journey. Students, walk with others, okay? Ask others to join you on your journey. There was hundreds of other students that were there this past weekend, and some of you know them from school. Ask them to join you on that journey, and so the last thing that we can learn from these, uh, these four guys is that they cut through the resistance. These four men, in the biblical example of a faith that delivers, that confirmed the need of the paralyzed man, each contributed to the solutions, and then they finally cut through the resistance. You see, when we live with great expectations, you will have resistance. We will have resistance in our life, in the forms of opinions from others, or even those thoughts that swirl in your mind, you're going to have resistance when you walk with great expectations. There's going to be thoughts in your head. It's like, what, what are you doing? What are you believing? Why do you think that God would come through? You're going to have those thoughts from, uh, inside your head or those opinions from others. These men could not get this paralyzed man to Jesus because of the crowd. They could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. But that did not stop them. They could have said, oh, it's, it's too crowded. We can't get in there. Sorry, buddy. Maybe next time. We're going to bring you back home. 
No, they were determined and they were creative by going through the roof and pulling out shingles and going through, through, the, uh, uh, through a hole that they made and lowering him that while Jesus is talking. What bold, what a bold move it was for those guys. But the crowd did not stop them. They were determined and they were creative. And so as a church, as we sort of cut through the resistance, there are, there are some people in the, in the community that will be, that will have resistance. Why? Because this world does not walk in the same way that we walk, the bride of Christ. This world does not walk in the same way as the bride of Christ. They walk in the ways of the world. And I'm not saying everybody in our community does like that, but those who are even more vocal, they do not walk in the ways of Christ, they walk in the ways of the world. We will be criticized and demoralized because of our faith. And you know what? That's fine because Christ is our king and he is our redeemer and he is our victor and he is the one that we stand behind. And it's not us, but it's Jesus that they are criticizing and trying to demoralize. So I'm sure these four men were criticized and laughed at as they started to come through the roof. Can you imagine the people that snickered and they were talk, talking about those four men as they were coming down, uh, bringing this, uh, this man down into this hole? Imagine what they were, uh, how they were being laughed at. But like those men, we are not going to let that stop us from cutting through the resistance of sin and shame that keeps people in the community away from knowing Jesus. Let me say that again. But like those men, we as a church are not going to let that stop us from cutting through the resistance of sin and shame that keeps people in our community away from knowing Jesus. As I said earlier, the problem, the problem is that people, they'll come to church because of the sin and the shame in their past life. So that is a resistance. We have been and will continue to be determined and creative as we walk through that resistance. That's why we do things like Eggfest, Trunk or Treat, Easter Sunrise Service at Lake Point, sports camps, and Hope for Christmas. That's why we're building a community park on our land before we build a church structure. We are being determined and creative to cut through the resistance of what the world thinks about the bride of Christ. Now, let me bring this home. What sort of resistance keeps you away from the power of God that helps you to walk in abundant life? What is the resistance that's keeping you away? Just like the biblical story, the resistance that most likely preventing you to keep you from Jesus are people. People in your life is a huge resistance keeping you away from Jesus. Friends can keep you away from Jesus. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend can keep you away from Jesus. I'm not saying everyone, every, every situation does that, but many are. They can keep you away from Jesus. Many friends can keep you away from Jesus. So-called spiritual leaders who fail you can keep you away from Jesus. Coworkers or people in authority at work can keep you away from Jesus. If people are are keeping you away from a healthy relationship with Jesus, then it's time for determination and creativity 
to rise up inside you. It's time to get with the right people who all want the same thing. And that is a closer walk with Christ. If you're tired of living in your life and and you're tired of areas in your life that are paralyzed, maybe your spiritual life is just paralyzed and you're tired of that and you're ready to walk in in victory and in abundant life, you need to get with people who want the same thing as you. This past weekend, Merge Weekend, we had students here at Lake Point participate in a weekend of discipleship, worship, and local missions. They joined with other students who wanted the same thing, and that was to draw closer to Jesus. They didn't allow anything to stand in their way, and as a result, they experienced Jesus. We had students uh, dedicate their lives to following Jesus. I want to say, and now it's right here. We've cleared it with their parents. Maren Miller, right here, she accepted Christ as Savior. And uh, so let's give the Lord a praise offering for that. And so we have students who committed their life and dedicated their life to following Jesus. I think we're going to see spiritual muscles in our students that were once paralyzed work again in the lives of our students. So what is stopping you from living the life God has designed you to live. Whatever it is, it's time for you to join with others who want the same thing, and it's time for you to cut through the resistance that's keeping you away from Jesus. And that will help you live a faith that delivers it to Jesus. Don't just believe in what Jesus can do. Church, don't just believe but do something about it. Take that belief and say, Jesus, I need some help with this. I need some help with this. I need help cutting through this resistance. And as we close, we notice that the paralyzed man showed no resistance when these four men brought him to Jesus. I find it truly amazing. Think about it. You have four guys who pick you up, carry you, not through a doorway or even a window, but they carry you through a roof. You're lying on the roof, and you know people are watching you, from maybe from the outside. It's like, what is up there? What is up on that roof? What are they doing? Why, why are they climbing up there? So they're watching you, and, and then you are then slowly being lowered through a hole in the roof in the middle of a talk being given by the Son of God. This man, which we know from scripture, he was able to talk, he was just paralyzed. And so this man did not resist the help of these four men. There might be some here today who right now, you could be resisting the help of others who are trying to bring you to Jesus. Students, your parents are trying to help bring you to Jesus. I know sometimes we get frustrated and we say, you're about to meet Jesus, you know? But all I'm saying is that we try our best to bring you to Jesus. Don't resist that. Don't resist that. Don't resist uh, uh, our spiritual leaders like Cameron Gibbs and others who are in your life and trying to bring you to Jesus. We truly desire for you to walk close to the Lord and experience his overwhelming love for you. There could be a husband or wife here today who is resisting the help from your spouse trying to bring you to Jesus and you keep resisting. So be like the paralyzed man. Don't resist. Just allow it to happen. 
Turn your eyes to the wor- from the world and turn your eyes to Jesus. When you do, those same people who are blocking you from Jesus, those same people in your life who are blocking you from Jesus will move out of the way and watch in amazement as you take up your mat and you walk out restored from your paralysis of the heart. Because that paralyzed man, he did not leave the house the same way he came in. He did not go up in the hole again and go out that way through the roof. He walked, he took up his mat, and he walked straight out. And what did they do? They just moved out of the way. They didn't move out of the way when he came, when he was sick. But when they saw God touch on his life, they moved out of the way and watched in amazement. There are people who will watch in amazement of what God will do in your heart. Just don't resist what people are trying to do in your life. Don't resist that. Don't resist that. Who can restore? Only a holy God can restore. No other majesty, no other glory, and no other power can restore and heal. So come and behold him, our one and holy God. He is our one and holy God, the only one who can restore and who can heal. That paralyzed man did not go to anywhere else but only Jesus. He only went to Jesus as they knew that Jesus could provide healing. So church, I'm asking you, if you're far from Christ, it's time for you to come to Jesus. It's time for you to come to Jesus. Students, if you're ready to to get committed to Christ, come down to the altar. It's time to come to Jesus. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna sing a final song. I'm gonna ask you to stand in just a moment. I'm gonna be down in the front. The altar's open. If you have something in your life that that is paralyzed and you're ready, Lord, I need some help with this. I need some help with this. Like that paralyzed man, don't resist. Come to Jesus. He's the only one. If you got someone in your life that you know that they need Jesus, come down to the front and pray for them. Students, you have other friends that do not know Christ. Come down to the front and let's pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thanking you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to worship you in spirit and in truth. Thanking you, Lord Jesus, for rescuing us and giving us the ability, Lord, to follow after you. You are the one and holy God, the only one who can rescue us and redeem us. Thank you. Do some work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. As they sing, you sing, let's all stand together. I'll be down here at the front.